In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning, and my goodness, aren't we greeted with quite the words from Jesus. I say that as I look out and see families seated in pews together. Fathers and mothers join with their children. And today, I welcome my own dad, Jim, back after having been gone months because of his recent hip replacement, recovery, and healing. And then I see a new person to Grace and an entire row of her family, along with Grace members gathered with their families, all together today to worship. And seeing all of this, my heart cringes just a bit when these words of Jesus hit our ears. They're stark. Oh, and they're sharp and piercing. They're not really well palatable, to say the least, for our modern-day ears. This morning, the gospel text describes what Jesus expects for those who want to be a follower, those who desire to be a disciple, those who want nothing more than to orient life towards a man named Jesus. And in all manner of extreme words and hyperbole, let's be reminded of what exactly Jesus says. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Oh, goodness, Jesus, are you serious? I have to hate my family, all of my family, and my life? Well, Jesus also says, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So hate my family, my life, now I have to carry a cross. Well... While we're talking about this, says Jesus, there's one more thing. None of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. So, I'm supposed to hate my family and my life, give up my things, and then carry a cross? Really, Jesus? This is what you're asking of me? But Jesus, if I give up everything, then what do I have left? And this is where the hyperbole or extreme language that Jesus uses clears the path for what he's getting at. In order to be a follower of mine, says Jesus, it must be me that you want. More than anything else, me. You must wholly hate all other things, love them less, and love me more. If you want to follow me, this is what I am asking of you. Well, what Jesus is getting at is something that I speak of often at Grace. Being a disciple of Jesus is a way of life. 
It truly is a different way of living, a shift in mindset, a way of orienting our life in the world where, for example, we put others first. We desire to serve rather than to be served. We look for ways to make things better for others. We do things that some might question or raise eyebrows at. We might even desire to be last rather than always looking out to be first. We recognize that in order to find your life, you must lose it. Because this is what Jesus has asked us to do. Because when we do, in some mysterious way, God's kingdom is present. It's made real. And remember, that's the thrust of the gospel writer Luke. His story is carried forth by the underlying theme of God's mercy and how it's made real in the person and life of Jesus. And that his mercy is for all Every single person, everybody, without exception. And to follow Jesus means doing things differently. The ways of God often look so different from the ways of the world. In the kingdom of God, things are turned upside down and inside out. What we normally expect to happen just doesn't. So again, it means giving up, or it means going without. It means loving our families well. But it also means knowing that when we say yes to Jesus, we are brought into a larger family, the family of God. And somehow when this happens, our capacity to love others enlarges. In that we do not only love our families, but we also love God's children, the world. We begin to see people as those made in the image of God rather than people inhabiting the world, taking up space, getting in my way, annoying me with their problems and burdens. We begin to have the eyes of Jesus which are eyes that look on others with great compassion and empathy, recognizing that we are all doing the best we can. And some of us just may need a bit more help. And perhaps, as scandalous as this sounds, when we have the eyes of Jesus, we might just be able to love our families a bit less, so that we can love others a bit more. Our hearts recognize that our worlds have been enlarged because as a disciple, we begin to see beyond what is in front of us. We recognize that indeed our hearts are made to love more deeply and more expansively than we ever thought possible. Because when we follow Jesus, we begin to see others and things in the way that he does. For example, things just become less important. 
In fact, sometimes they just flat get in the way. They weigh us down. But people, although harder and sometimes way more tough to learn, to love, they become the focus. Relationships and interactions, they become what's paramount over things and acquisitions. In fact, giving away and blessing others is found to be so much more satisfying. And then cultivating relationships or repairing broken ones or even doing the brave work of letting go of those relationships that no longer serve or bless becomes the work of the heart. And I will say, since choosing to orient my life towards Jesus, my prayers have become different, and I bet yours will too. You might begin to ask Jesus for more patience or wisdom or discernment. There's an openness in your spirit so that when you encounter someone that needs a smile, an acknowledgement, or a prayer, you're ready. You desire these moments of ministry because you desire others to have peace and an abiding presence of compassion and joy. So yes, today's gospel is extreme and it's asking. But might I say, so is following a man named Jesus. But first, there must come an awareness for what he is actually asking for. And maybe it's pointing out just a few things that he's not asking for that can bring it into focus of what exactly he wants us to do. Primarily, how an abundant life is not one where being on autopilot is the goal. Let this be your new mantra. No more autopilot, self. Because when we live our lives in a constant state of boredom and sameness, a life where we think maintaining status quo brings joy, we are wrong because it just does not. Jesus desires so much more for you and for me, the whole world. Par Poet Mary Oliver says it beautifully when she says, pay attention, be astonished, and go tell someone. Awareness of who we are and how we relate to God and his creation Approaching the world not on autopilot, but with surprise and curiosity. Amazed at how it all works and how God is constantly, constantly beckoning us to him by way of his creation and people. These are the kinds of things that form and make us into followers Jesus isn't telling us that we have to walk away from our loved ones and break all ties for his sake. He does use extreme language. But I'm convinced, instead, he's using this language. 
He's using these examples to tell us that we must pay attention, live with awareness, take serious consideration of the people and the things that have the most influence and control over the shape of our lives. And I am certain Jesus is saying this to us. Let me be what you love most. Let me lead you. Follow me. Even if that means giving up someone or something, it also means welcoming something new. Probably something so much better. Most certainly, it's welcoming God's freedom. God's perfect freedom. And that, my friends, is freedom only known by serving him. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.